Another public service announcement from Real Cream. Finally, someone has reinvented the wheel. Hey, uh, you tuned into the ravings of a clown on Chester Radio. <laughs> Don't argue with the ball. Roger, we'll go. It's as good as done. The complete solution for your home PC. Yeah, yeah, let it burn. Hey, you tune into the Ravings of a Clown this Saturday, February the 23rd, 2008. Come on in, make yourself to home. Yeah. Come on, come on, come on. Hello, my name is Jimmy Poppin'. I'm a dumb white guy. I'm not old or new, but middle school, fifth grade, like junior high. I don't know mofo if y'all peeps Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. To my hope cause she fly But I can take the heat Cause I'm the other white meat Known as Kid Funky Fry Yeah, I'm all right, all right, all right. Pluto, Hard to see with a naked eye But if I crashed into your rainus I would stick it where the sun don't shine Kinda like Han, Han Solo, baby Like Han Solo, always stroking my Always stroking my wookah You can call my cookum the roof, the roof, the roof. Hey, that's my theme song. Hey, good evening. Welcome to the Ravings of a Clown. Time to put your feet up, put your head back. You do have head back permission for the duration of the show. That's correct. For the next 120 minutes, full head back permission. There. There you go. What else you need? You're welcome. Also, uh, we're going to take a look at what's going on in that sick fucking world of yours and more of what's happening in my world. Hanging in the Jester Radio chat room with my good pal, newly turned 47, Espo. Why not stop by and uh, throw your two uh, centavos into the thick of the fray? Skype in at Jester Radio. That's our Skype name. You could also give us a call. 646-502-8600. Just feel free to pick up that phone or to click on that Skype Anytime. Burst right in. Anything you got to say, we'll put you right on the air. Also, uh, more of what you tune into Jester Radio for, including Steely Dan, Super Tramp, Blind Faith, Paul Simon, Phil Oaks, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, so much more. Holy crap, can you believe all that and more? It's time now to turn our attention to the headlines. From high atop Jester Radio Studios in a secret location. All right. Hillary Rodham Clinton angrily accused her Democratic rival uh, today of deliberately misrepresenting her positions on NAFTA and health care and mass mailings to voting, adding shame on you, Barack Obama. This is now the time. This is the desperate time. This is what they call in politics crunch time. They're like four votes apart, 
practically. Obama's just running away. And, he, you know, they can't afford to lose their lead. So he put out, you know, or his people put out, you know, I love this thing, how these, pe- how these politicians say, stay so detached from their own campaign. Oh, I don't know. what. You know, that's another reason uh, we have parties is so politicians can wipe their hands and feet of all responsibility. Clutching two of Obama campaign mailings in her hand for emphasis, the former first lady said, quote, enough with the speeches and the big rallies and then using tactics that are right out of Karl Rove's playbook. Ooh, low blow. Obama defended the mailings as accurate and rejected Clinton's complaint as a political ploy. He said that despite her current criticism of NAFTA, she supported the trade agreement when it passed during her husband's administration. You can't be for something and take credit for an administration, and then when you run for president, say you didn't really mean that. Uh, What you said way back then, it doesn't work like that, he said to cheers at a rally in Akron. Well, that's true, and it may be true, and it may not be true. Not everything you thought yesterday is what you think today. Politicians love to point out how the other one's being hypocritical. Oh, he voted for this and now says that. Well, if he's saying this now, then this is what he thinks now. If he's just pandering, then wasn't he just pandering before when he was voting? I mean, it's, it's got to be one or the other. Either you trust the guy that he's doing, he's voting his conscience in the Senate, or you think everything he's doing is bullshit. So if you think the guy's capable of pandering now, then wasn't he pandering before? Doesn't even make sense. The long-distance clash erupted as the two Democrats campaigned separately across Ohio, one of the two big states with primaries on March 4th. Obama has won 11 straight primaries and caucuses, whatever those are. Some of Clinton's supporters have said that uh, she's got to win both Ohio and Texas next week to keep her hopes alive of winning the party nomination. Recent polls show Ohio is close and Texas is even closer. Clinton's frustration was evident as she criticized Obama in unusually strong terms a few days after ending a nationally televised debate by saying she was honored to be here with him in a historic race between a black man and a woman. She said by her actions, Obama was giving, quote, aid and comfort to the very special interests and their allies in the Republican Party who are against doing what we want to do for America. Giving aid and comfort. I mean, she makes the Republicans sound like Nazis. (laughs) Meet me in Ohio, she said. Let's have a debate about your tactics and your behavior in this campaign. The two are scheduled to debate next Tuesday in Cleveland. In uh, her criticism of of Obama, she asked, quote, since when do Democrats attack one another on universal health care? Well, I guess it's okay to attack them on attacking them, but Obama had a ready reply to that, quote, well, when she started to say I was against universal health care, which she does every single day, (laughs) he said, since late last year, Clinton has consistently attacked Obama's health care plan, saying it would leave 15 million Americans uninsured. Clinton's advisors have repeatedly criticized Obama's campaign mailings, both of which uh, went out in the last several days. One says that her plan for universal coverage would force everyone to purchase insurance even if they can't afford it. Her plan requires everyone to be covered, but it offers tax credits and other subsidies to make insurance more affordable. Obama's plan does not include the so-called individual mandate for adults, and he's argued that people cannot be required to buy coverage if they can't afford it. He said uh, in his first priority in bringing down costs, the Illinois senator's plan does not include a mandate requiring parents to buy health insurance to cover their children. 
So there you go, back and forth. The the uh, the fighting continues, and the race is close. It's finally we got ourselves a horse race here. Something to watch. Obviously, there's nothing to see between the Republicans and the Democrats. John McCain is spiraling. Uh, and in any case, it's not like anybody would vote for a Republican after eight years of f- fucking fascism. Serbia's hardline leaders today called the U.S. the main culprit in the violence that's broken out since Kosovo declared independence. So just to make sure that everybody understands what I just read, Serbia, of course, is at war with Kosovo. And whose fault is it? Say it with me. America. Several thousand Serbs chanting Kosovo is Serbia and Russia Vladimir Putin protested peacefully in the ethnically divided town of Kosovo Mitravica, the sixth day of demonstrations against Kosovo's break with Serbia. With Serbia. <clears throat> Excuse me. The reason, of course, it's the U.S.'s fault is because uh, the United States is, is recognizing Kosovo and Serbia thinks that that's giving Kosovo uh, uh, moral support. So that's why it's all America's fault. Russia backs Serbia's fierce resistance. And by the way, this is yet another Vietnam that we're in. This is the second one that we're in. We're in Iraq battling with the Turkish up in the north. And now we're, you know, uh, supporting Kosovo and Russia is supporting Serbia. Meanwhile, on Thursday night, protesters in the Serbian capital, Belgrade, set fire to the U.S. embassy, angered by Washington's recognition of Kosovo. The U.S. and the European Union responded by demanding Serbia protect foreign embassies. The United States is the main culprit for all these violent acts. Serbia's minister uh, for Kosovo, Slobodan Samarjic, said in Belgrade, other Serbian leaders have called for calm after the riots, but an aide to the hardline Serbian Prime Minister Vajislav Kostunica said any future violence also will be blamed on the United States if the U.S. sticks to its present position that the fake state of Kosovo exists. All responsibility in the future will be on the United States. This is such a classic terrorist ploy. You know, they hold the knife to the baby's throat, and then they say, if you don't give me, you know, a million dollars and free all these, you know, political prisoners, then I'll slit his throat and the blood will be on your hands. The comments were an indication that Serbia is drifting further from the West and more toward uh, its ally, Russia. The vast majority of Kosovo's population is ethnic Albanian, and Serbs represent about 10% of the region's 2 million people. Kosovo had formerly remained a part of Serbia, even though it's been administrated uh, by the UN and the NATO since 1999, when NATO airstrikes ended former Yugoslav leader Slobodan Milosevic's crackdown on ethnic Albanian separatists, which killed 10,000 people. This is back in the last year of the Clinton administration, the last decent uh, uh, foreign policy, um, you know, armed uh, incursion that the United States had, uh, I should say ethical one, where the United States uh, assisted a struggling democracy against a totalitarian government. Kosovo's minority Serbs have staged protests protests daily since the territory's ethnic Albanian leadership proclaimed independence last Sunday. They vented their anger by destroying the UN and NATO property as well. In the divided town of Kosovo, Mitravica, in Serb-dominated northern Kosovo, a few protesters hurled firecrackers 
as UN police in riot gear formed a cordon across the main bridge separating the Serb and ethnic Albanian sides. Demonstrators waved Serbian and Russian flags and chanted in support of Moscow's refusal to recognize Kosovo's independence. So Russia's got a phony democracy thing going there. And they're trying to hang on. It's, uh, um, you know, um, you got to ask yourself, what the fuck, you know, what's the percentage? What's the percentage in hanging on to Kosovo anyway? I mean, what's uh, what, where's where's the value there? Former Paxon communication president uh, said today that he never met with John McCain over the Arizona senator writing letters to the Federal Communications Commission regarding the regulatory delay of a Pittsburgh TV station sale. There's a rumor been going around that John McCain's been. Uh, you know, pandering to this very special interest that he claims he's a champion against. Um, not the least of which recent accusation came yesterday where uh, it came out that um, a, a lobbyist is actually working in his campaign. And he's been, <laughs> it's kind of hypocritical because he's been very um, brutal against the lobbyists and the special interests. And then he came out and said, yeah, I know he's a great man. He's a noble man. I mean, like, well, you know, which one is it, John? You know, that the special interests are scum and they're trying to, you know, dominate the, you know, the, the government's uh, um, funding and interests, or is it that, the, you know, they're, they're great, uh, wholesome people? Dean Goodman, who was in charge of the company's lobbying efforts in 1999, told Jester Radio he also doubts that the chief executive, Lowell W. Bud Paxson, met with McCain over the issue and said he doesn't recall such a meeting. McCain's presidential campaign said the Arizona senator and then-chairman of the Senate Commerce Committee did not meet with Paxson or his lobbyist, Vicki Eisman, before sending the letters which have drawn controversy in recent days. But Paxson told uh, the Washington Post in a story published today that he uh, and probably Eisman met with McCain on the matter several weeks before the senator sent the letters. So... He, uh, you know, it, it, it's he, he clearly acted in uh, uh, in the in the best interests of a special interest. Goodman, who left the company a year and a half ago, took issue with that account in a telephone interview from uh, West Palm Beach. "Quote: I never met with or discussed this with Senator McCain." Goodman said, "I don't recall Bud meeting with McCain. It would be extremely rare that there would be a meeting that I didn't attend, and I can tell you that I didn't have a meeting with McCain." So, methinks that does protest too much. Whether Bud discussed it with him or not via some mechanism, I can't rule it out, Goodman said. But he added, I don't think there was a meeting. So, in other words, there was definitely a meeting. Hey, you're listening to the ravings of a cloud on Jester Radio, hanging with the crowd in the Jester Radio chat room. Why not stop by and say hi? Uh, give us a call. 646-502-8600. Uh, and you could Skype into uh, Jester Radio. I don't know. Maybe the hardest thing I've ever done was to walk away from you. Leaving behind the life that we'd begun, I split myself in two. Proud and alone, cold as a stone, rolling down the hill into the night. I could see the surprise and the hurt in your eyes from behind each flashing city light. Love needs a heart, and I need to find 
love needs a heart like mine. Jackson Brown on Just Radio. Leave it where it is. Maybe the hardest thing I've ever done Was to walk away from you near me she don't even hear me walks past my vacancy sign (laughs) love needs a heart trusting and blind i wish that heart was mine proud and alone cold as a stone i'm afraid to believe the things i feel i can cry with the best and i can laugh with the rest but i'm never sure when it's real And it may be the hardest thing I've ever done, but apart from all, I hope to find. Where's the heart that's looking for mine? I hope it finds me in time. Jackson Brown on Jester Radio. 
You're listening to the ravings of a clown this Saturday, February the 23rd, the year of our Lord, 2008. Hanging in the uh, Jester Radio chat room with uh, the newly turned 47 Espo, Lulu. Lulu. And Sid the Neighbor, the world famous Sid the Neighbor, his name is spoken in over 130 countries each and every evening. They're called uh, Raulistas, top military men who manage much of Cuba's economy and populate the upper reaches of power. By the way, don't uh, be shy. If you, if, if you feel the need, uh, just Skype right in. Our Skype name is Jester Radio, or you can phone us up at 646-502-8600. I don't know where the hell I was. I just saw this movie today on Poe's recommendation. Um the, the uh, Manhattan murder mystery. <laughs> Let me tell you, it, this has nothing to do with anything, but this is like, this is a movie that was made 15 years ago. If you haven't seen it, just drop everything. Woody Allen just had broken up with Mia Farrow and was going to make this movie. This was the original murder mystery plot that Annie Hall was going to be about and that they originally shot, but then they cut out the subplot. And uh, Diane Keaton teams back up with Woody Allen. And let me tell you, it's just been so long since I, like, laughed myself to the point of, like, being on the brink of black, blacking out. Where, like, I had to physically restrain myself from laughing anymore. It, is, it may be Woody Allen's funniest fucking movie. Every single time he opens his mouth in the movie... I got to come up with some uh, lines for you. Like this one line, <laughs> they come into the apartment and this lady's on the floor dead. And Diane Keaton says, oh, my God, she's dead. And Woody Allen says, try giving her the present. The Raulistas, top military men who manage much of this. That's such a, like a Jewish joke. Much of Cuba's economy and populate the upper reaches of power on Sunday. These men will likely ensure that Raul Castro not only succeeds his brother Fidel as the president, but remains in firm control, having served in Raul Castro's defense ministry for decades. Cuba's active and retired military leaders today oversee key economic endeavors from farming to tourism that bring in hard currency. Five active generals sit on the Communist Party's powerful 21-member Politburo, including two who run the important interior and sugar ministries. While loyal first to Fidel, many of these men have uh, particularly close friendships with the younger brother, and they're likely to help him consolidate power if he's named uh, president tomorrow following the ailing 81-year-old Fidel's resignation last week. week. He uh, will not accept... Uh, his party's nomination this time. The Revolutionary Armed Forces are one of the island's strongest and most respected institutions, and with the top generals backing him, Raul is unlikely to face problems from the military at large, a sector that many countries can be the most dangerous for a new government. Moreover, Castro's Cuba, unlike many Latin American countries, has never experienced a military coup or rebellion. President Bush acknowledged the military's influence months before Fidel's resignation, urging it to embrace change and to abstain from using force to keep the communist government in power. You may have once believed in the revolution. Now you can see its failure, Bush said in his October speech. Not sure how they could see its failure since they're (laughs) the most powerful people on the island. They have everything they need. Not sure what he, he, he meant to appeal to. 
in them. If it's their ethics, I guess that's like the pot calling the kettle black. Critical to Raul's success will be that the extent to which Raul and the generals are able to uphold loyalty to the chain of command, former CIA analyst Brian Littell wrote in After Fidel, his recent book about the Castro brothers. The odds of that will be too much in his favor in the beginning, at least. Uh, dissident uh, Vladimir Roca, a fighter pilot uh, before he broke with the government, believes Raul has the military leader's support, but even more than that, they're interested in maintaining their status, uh, Roca told Jester Radio uh, back in 2006 after Fidel first ceded provincial power to his brother. We'll keep our eyes on that, but you know, the, 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 obviously the Raul is younger than Fidel, but Fidel is 87 or 81, so what's Raul, 79, 75? I mean, his time you know, is going to be over soon, too. I guess we can't just count on waiting around till uh, all the Cuban dictators you know, die off. Turkish warplanes, helicopters, and artillery bombed suspected hideouts of Kurdish rebels in remote mountainous terrain of northern Iraq Saturday. So now there's two separate wars going on, the Turks and the Kurds going on in the north, and, of course, the United States and the so-called terrorists. The Turkish military said at least 35 Kurdish rebels and two Turkish soldiers died in fighting today. total of seven soldiers and at least 79 rebels have been killed in Iraq since Turkey launched a ground incursion last Thursday, according to the military. The rebel Kurdistan Workers' Party, or the PKK, claimed it killed 15 Turkish troops. The incursion is the first confirmed Turkish military ground operation in Iraq since the U.S.-led invasion that toppled Saddam in 2003. Iraq's government criticized the offensive on Saturday, saying military force will not solve the Kurdish problem. This had been going on, by the way, for years with Saddam. Saddam had no control, almost. Up in the north, it was Kurdish territory, and they're like, you know, a, a, a cult to themselves. And uh, so, you know, the, 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 the Turks have waited six years for you know, the United States to do its thing and get the fuck out. And since it's not happening, uh, you know, they just started up again. They said, fuck this. We know the threats that Turkey is facing, but military options will not solve the PKK problem. Turkey has resorted to military options, but this never resulted in a good thing, Iraqi government spokesman Ali al-Dabah said. The rebels are fighting for autonomy in predominantly Kurdish southwestern Turkey and have carried out attacks on Turkish targets from bases in the semi-autonomous Kurdish region of northern Iraq. Conflict started in 1984, and it's claimed as many as 40,000 lives. It's been going on since 84. Turkey has assured the U.S.-backed Iraqi government, you know, I mean, I think there should be like some kind of recontracting law. Anytime a war is going on, like more than, you know, like a couple of weeks or a couple of months, I think the whole world should get together and say, whoa, 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 whoa. This is enough. It's just all these fucking wars, man, they do nothing but terrible damage to the world. Not a single thing. Uh, positive ever comes out of it. Ever. And certainly, if you can't accomplish in this day and age what you need to accomplish in a, in a couple of months or six months, you know, then it's not a, it's not a war anymore. It's just an ongoing feud. 
Chad and fucking Nigeria and Turkey and and Iraq and uh, you know it's enough. The UN should get together if there's going to be a world, some kind of uh, a world body which you know looks after the best interests of all the countries. Then I then you would think that they would uh, spend ninety nine percent of their time going around trying to stop all these fucking wars. That should be their number one mandate: end the fucking war. Hey, you're listening to the ravings of a clown. It's Saturday, February the 23rd. Please don't fuck with that dial. If I fall along the way, do me a favor. Pick me up and dust me off. And if I get too tired to make it, be my breath so I can walk. Matchbox 20 on JR. Please don't fuck with that dial. Get too tired to make it Be my breath so I can walk and If I need some other love Then you give me more than I can stand When my smile gets old and faded Wait around, I'll smile again Shouldn't be so complicated Just hold me in there Oh, just hold me again Can you help me? I'm bent I'm so scared that I'll never Get put back together Keep breaking me in And this is how we really are With you and me and If I couldn't sleep, could you sleep? Could you paint me better off? Could you sympathize with my needs? I know you think I need a lot I started out clean but I'm jaded Just falling in Or just breaking my skin Can you help me? I'm bent I'm so scared that I'll never Get put back together Keep breaking me in And this is how we really are With you and me Stop and down me 
you couldn't sleep, if I couldn't sleep, could you sleep? Could you paint me better off? Could you sympathize with my needs? I know you think I need a lot. That's the killer for me. That's the line that kills me. I know you think I need a lot. I started out clean, but I'm jaded. Just phoning it in. Breaking the skin. Can you help me? I'm bent. I'm so scared that I'll never get put back together. Hmm. Yeah. I know that feeling, boy. All right, here's a couple of lines from... Uh, from Manhattan Murder Mystery. Um, <laughs> I can't really do these. Um, where he's there's one where Woody Allen says, "I haven't been on the treadmill for weeks. Five hundred and seventy-two <laughs> weeks. <laughs> it's eleven years." Um. Says there's one scene where, um, what's her name? Diane Keaton says, I think it's time we reevaluated our lives. And Woody Allen says, I've already reevaluated our lives. I got a 10, you got a 6. <laughs> so I'm not doing these. I'm not doing these as well. There's this one scene where he gets like really scared and he goes, uh, My life just passed before my eyes. The worst part of it is I was driving a used car. Hey, you're on the air with the jester. Who's calling? Hey, it's uh, it's uh, Mr. Poe Creations. It sounds like the Poe. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to test out the power of Jester Radio. Oh, yeah? Yeah, if uh, your listeners go to PoeCreations.com and click on the Get Netflix uh, link, right. you can watch this movie for like a free download. Wow. That's amazing. So where do they go? Poe Creations. P-O-C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N-S. Dot com. Right down towards the bottom of the page. It'll say something about Netflix. Just click there and sign up. And you can rent unlimited movies, like downloadable for free. Oh, my God. And you know what? For this fucking movie alone, I can't wait. I can't wait to see this movie again. Have you seen this movie? Me? Yeah. Yeah, I told you to see it. Oh, yeah, that's right. I mean, have you seen it recently? I saw it last night after your show, actually. <laughs> so it's kind of fresh in my mind. Oh, my God, I just watched it this afternoon. I almost pissed in my pants. I almost literally passed out from laughing so hard. As I was watching it, I, I, I knew the exact moments where you would fall off your couch. Now... Um, many of our listeners don't know, but you're a filmmaker yourself. You're you're an expert in Woody Allen and uh, all things. You went to the same uh, film school that Woody Allen went to. And he didn't study film there. Oh, he didn't? What did he do? He taught there? Yeah, he was looking within the soul of the boy sitting next to oh, him in his metaphysics right. class. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So uh, what's your opinion? Is this Woody Allen's best movie? It's... It's hilarious and charming and all these great things. The only thing wrong with it is what he's been doing a lot in his movies lately is uh, they don't really hold tight to the uh, script. So uh, they do a lot of ad-libbing and a scene that should only have like five lines in it ends up having 15. So it's Just, excruciating, you're saying. It's like it's dragged out a little bit. 
it's not excruciating, but it could be a lot tighter. But, you know, there's a joke at the beginning of the scene and a joke at the end. So instead of cutting it up, they just let it ramble on. Right, 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 right. You know, I noticed that myself. There was a, like a very sort of Robert Altman kind of ad libby kind of movie. And everybody was talking at the same time. And that's why I want to see it again, because I want to get a lot of those jokes. It was like a lot of Popeye kind of jokes with Woody Allen muttering under his breath. Yeah, some really good muttering. Yeah, some classic muttering. So I'm going to put it down as, you know, I mean, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I really haven't laughed at a Woody Allen movie like Sleeper, you know, uh, um, you know, kind of uh, laughing um, like I did at this movie. In, yeah, in, in, well, Rent Mighty Aphrodite again. That yeah, that, that was pretty funny. That was pretty funny. Anything that came out of Mira Sorvino's And mouth. Scoop. Was, yeah, anything. Yeah, she was very funny. But in this movie, it was really all Woody Allen. Every joke was Woody Allen's. And it was just very entertaining. Well, thanks for calling in with that, uh, Poe. Procreations.com. Procreations.com. And you can watch, and you just sign up. And, uh, and how much does it cost to sign up? Uh, well, I think you get a two-week free trial. Maybe you got to pay... Uh, nine ninety nine or nineteen bucks, but you can cancel after you watch eighty movies and. Wow, and what a deal! Well, I mean, yeah. I hope they don't cancel because it's a great deal. Thanks for calling in, buddy. Pocreations yeah. dot com. Scroll down, click on the Netflix link, and enjoy uh, the. Uh, and the first thing you got to do is go get that Manhattan murder mystery, and you could actually, you, you don't have to have the DVD delivered to your home. You could watch it over the internet it's insane what kind of world do we live in hey you're listening to the ravings of a clown on jester radio it's saturday february the 23rd britney spear has been reunited briefly with her sons nearly two months after the troubled pop star last saw them could you imagine two months she hasn't seen her kids elliot mint spokesman for spears ex-husband kevin federline says she spent about three hours today with one-year-old Jaden james and two-year-old sean preston Mintz wouldn't say where the reunion took place or who else was there. Spears had not been allowed to see the boys since January 3rd when she refused to return the children after a visitation. Police were called to her home in a scene that ended with Spears uh, going bonkers and getting put into the hospital. Federline's attorney said uh, yesterday that the singer's ex had agreed to give her visitation rights. Mighty wide of the boy. Japanese businessman has been arrested on suspicion of murder more than a quarter of a century after an infamous downtown shooting that left his wife dead and sparked an international furor. Kayu, uh, uh, Kazu Yoshi Miura, 60, had been uh, already convicted in Japan back in 94 of the murder of his wife, Kazumi Miura, but that verdict was overturned by the country's high courts. Ten years ago, Miura was arrested on Friday while visit, uh, visiting Saipan, a U.S. Commonwealth territory in the Pacific. So they finally nabbed him when, once he got onto uh, U.S. territory. After cold case detectives from the L.A. County Police Department worked with authorities there and in Guam, murder suspect who's been eluding the dragnet has been finally captured. LAPD said Muir's extradition is pending. Officer April Harding a department spokeswoman said no other details were available. It was not known uh, whether the guy's got an attorney or not. We're going to keep our eye on this uh, story. I remember when this happened back in uh, 94, 
Um, he gunned his uh, wife down in uh, downtown Tokyo. And let me tell you, there's not a lot of um, violent crime uh, in Japan between strangers. And it's just unheard of for something to happen in public like that. They are like the most culturally uptight people in the history of the world. And it's all about like embarrassment and shame and face. Roger Clemens' lawyer was uh, told that a photograph exists. This is a riot. You know, Roger, this has been going on now for a couple of months. The Justice Department got involved. Uh, apparently, it's against the law to take certain kind of drugs to enhance your body so that you're physically superior. And the people who do it in sports, are it's especially frowned upon, apparently, because children are interested in sports. And after all, it's all about the children. And uh, so they, they, they have a rule or they don't have a rule. Uh, it was never clear, but now it's clear that uh, you're not supposed to use steroids or human growth hormone uh, in baseball. And these guys have been juicing up for decades. Duh. June 1998 party at Conseco, Jose Conseco's house in Florida was one of several topics discussed during Clement's testimony. Uh, during the House Committee of Oversight on Government Reform back on February 13th, Clemens' former attorney, Brian McNamee, said the seven-time Cy Young Award winner was at the party. Clemens denied being there when he gave a deposition to congressional investigators back on February 5th and then testified eight days later that it was possible that he may have stopped off at the party after playing golf. And then there was this Mitchell report on doping in baseball, which was released in December. And in this, McNamee alleges that Clemens spoke with Conseco at that barbecue and then soon after approached the trainer for the, 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 the drugs. This is where he hooked up with the dealer. McNamee said that he injected Clemens with steroids and human growth hormone at least 16 times, possibly more, between 98 and 2001. Clemens has vehemently denied the accusation several times, including under oath before Congress. Congress is deciding whether to ask the Justice Department now to investigate the contradictory testimony given by Clemens and McNamee under oath. So here we have a, you know, a government investigation that they never should have undertaken. Uh, and now this guy is going to go to jail for lying at the hearing. And that's what it's always all about. They always get you for the lying. Not for whatever it is you're doing, but for lying at the public hearing. Because everybody knows that nine times out of ten, even if you admit to shit at these public hearings, you don't end up getting prosecuted. But if you lie about it, that's what they don't want. So now this guy comes forward and he says he has photographs of Roger Clemens at Jose Canseco's house. He took pictures with his son in the pool at that party that day. Didn't just stop over. He says he has a photograph of his son with Roger in a pool at a party in Canseco's house. He said that friends who had seen the photograph were suggesting to him that he sell it. I expressed no interest in buying it, but urged him to let our investigator visit with him, view the photograph, and interview him. He said he wanted to talk to his son first and would call uh, me back. Uh, the next day, I gave him all the phone numbers and urged him to call. Unfortunately, I never heard him uh, call back. Uh, this was uh, Rusty Harden, said this Clemens lawyer. It's impossible for us to comment on the photograph because we haven't seen it. We know that baseball announces broadcasting the game 
uh, at the same time said Roger was not at the party. Jose Canseco uh, said Roger was not at the party, as has Canseco's former wife. Roger was playing golf at the time of the party and has stated that he may have stopped off after playing golf before heading to the ballpark for the game. So the photo's existence was first reported by the Daily News, we should say, and we're going to keep our eyes open. We've been searching uh, uh, endlessly for uh, the, the, all day for these photographs. Haven't uh, located them yet, but we're, we're looking for them. Now we got ourselves now we got ourselves a uh, an interesting uh, uh, mystery here. The game is afoot, as uh, Sherlock would say. Hanging with my buds, Louis said the neighbor S. Poe in just the radio chat room. Why not stop by and uh, say hi? Please don't fuck with that dial six four six five zero two eighty six hundred. Give us a call. Blind faith on Jr. Leave it right where it is.
get home, pick it home. Or I can watch my television talk on the telephone. In every town I wander, there's a billboard on a throne. Pick it home, I want to pick it home. Pick it home, I want to pick it home. I must have come from somewhere, but I can't recall the place. They dropped me at the matinee, they left without a trace. Ticket home, home, I want a ticket home. Elvis Presley is the king, I was at his crowning. Well, I just flashed before my eyes. Anybody know my name or recognize my face? I must have come from somewhere, but I can't recall the place. They dropped me at the matinee. They left without a trace. Ticket home. I want a ticket home. The late great Phil Oaks. Hard to imagine the amazing uh, output that guy would have uh, eventually, if he got back into writing, the kind of shit that he would do. Such a vast uh, portfolio of um, not just uh, music, original songs, but styles as well. And there was a, a throbbing, thrilling ballad from what most people think, uh, think of as a folky. Blind Faith started that set, Can't Find My Way Home. Nearly wasted. And home is such a nebulous thing, isn't it? What the heck is it? What, uh, uh, Lenny Bruce said, home is that place you go to where they have to let you in. And, uh, you know, I, I don't have one of those places. I live um, in a rental apartment. If I don't pay my rent, they'll come and fucking throw my ass out of here into the street. And I can't think of a single place I can go to where they would... They have to let me in. So I'm one of the, um, you know, homeless. I have a house, but uh, don't have a home. 
how many of you out there um, are in the same position? And you know, by home, I mean, uh, you know, when when uh, Lenny Bruce said that it's that place you go to where they have to let you in, he, there the, there was an implication that in in every home there's another person, there's a they. So there there is no home if it's just uh, you alone. So it's got to be with somebody else. The Florida Marlins are looking for some footloose fat men. The National League is creating an all-male plus-size cheerleading squad called the Manatees. Tryouts are scheduled for tomorrow. The team hopes to recruit, to recruit seven to ten tubby men to dance, jeer, and jiggle during Friday and Saturday night games this season. Uh, the real manatees, 1,200-pound mammals, sometimes referred to as sea cows, are not considered the most agile of creatures and are often uh, get caught in uh, boat propellers. The Marlins went to the, uh, want these um, manatees to have the same dimensions but to be decidedly more agile. So, in other words, more like, uh, um, you know, uh, Blue Tarski there. Men would be judged uh, on how well they dance, a choreographed routine. The Marlins already have a cheerleading squad, the considerably more svelte mermaids. Men selected for the manatees won't be paid. They'll get tickets to games that they perform at and the honor of dancing in front of crowds that have been the smallest, by the way, in Major League Baseball for the last two seasons. Um, Marlins aren't the only pro sports team capitalizing on America's expanding waistlines. The Chicago Bulls basketball team have the Matadors, a large man dance troupe that's entertained fans at home uh, at the home games since 2003. And although cheerleaders might be uh, an unfamiliar sight in baseball, big men aren't. Uh, as uh, fans have long cheered on the likes of, uh, you know, the Bambino and Kirby Puckett and other uh, chubsters. Runaway brides and grooms in Mexico City could get stuck paying for the limo and flowers under a bill proposed by a local lawmaker on Friday. If approved by the city assembly, the law would uh, offer engaged couples a legal contract outlining how much a man or a woman can recoup if he or she gets jilted at the altar. The contract would stipulate reimbursements at any point in the uh, if the engagement is called off. So if it gets called off, you know, the day before the wedding or how far into the you know the contract you're you're in. What we want is to protect the person who's being hurt, not only emotionally but also economically. Jose Zapata, divorce lawyer turned politician, told Jester Radio. Whoever rents a wedding hall pays for the church, uh, for the cake. They have the right to be reimbursed. Such contracts could eliminate the culture of fighting, said Zapata, who proposed the bill. Laura Gomez, 33-year-old bride-to-be, uh, perusing a bridal shop in downtown Mexico City, said the contracts were a perfect idea. They would uh, give more security and trust to both people involved, Gomez said. But Pamela Montiel, a 19-year-old getting married in April, said she would never sign such an agreement. Things like that are for immature people, she said. Humph. She would never sign anything like that. A defense attorney in New York City says her client believed he was rightfully entitled to the $2 bucks that he's now accused of stealing from a bank account managed by someone with the same name. Attorney Julie Fry said Benjamin Lovell didn't intend to steal from anyone. She said he'll explain in court what the bank told him, 
that led him to believe that the $5.8 million account was his. The 48-year-old Brooklyn salesman has been arrested on grand larceny charges. A judge lowered the bail on Friday from a $1 million to $10,000 in cash. Authorities say Lovell spent the misbegotten money on money, on jewelry, cash, gifts to friends, and failed investments. Proving, you know, once again that you can't trust poor people with money. The account belonged to a trust, and a different Benjamin Lovell was a signatory on it. And, you know, he kept saying, uh, you know, this isn't my money. And the bank said, oh, no, yes, it is. This is your account. He said, okay, I'll take uh, $2 million out of it. So he withdrew $2 million bucks. Started spending it, you know. I had it and I spent it. That's what I would do. He must have really liked the jacket. An 18 year old man has been charged with stealing clothing from a department store after police said that he showed up for questioning wearing a jacket that he had taken months earlier in the robbery. Felipe M. Medina of Sheboygan, Wisconsin was charged. On Thursday, with a misdemeanor count of retail theft, the criminal complaint said Medina took a pair of blue jeans, a black T-shirt, and a black jacket from a Coles on November 27th in Sheboygan. Police Captain James Vieser identified Medina as the suspect after viewing the store surveillance tape. A detective asked Medina to come to the police station. He admitted in a police interview that he took the clothes and was currently wearing the stolen jacket. He faces up to nine months in jail if he's convicted. I tell you, he deserves it. People that stupid should be taken off the street. Hey, you're listening to the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio. It's uh, Super Tramp. Please don't fuck with that dial. It gets good starting right now. This is my favorite part, the harp right here. Searing harp. When you're up on the stage 
does it feel your life's become a catastrophe? It has to be for you to grow. And when you look through the years and see what you could have been, what you might have been, if you'd had more time. So when the day comes to settle down, who's to blame if you're not around? You took the long way home. Super Tramp on Jester Radio. Hmm. So what to do? So now uh, I got this uh, once again. Stand on the uh, on the uh, edge, looking down off the cliff, wondering if that uh, you know the water is deep enough. And so, what to do? I I I fear I find myself in that position uh, too often, asking myself that question. Don't have a home. Haven't uh, the the home that I made for myself? I lost uh, when I was a kid. Um, I had a shrink uh, one time. A brilliant uh, guy. Um, you know, one of the best shrinks I ever had. His name was Donald Moses. Uh, and he said, you know, at one point he said, you know, you're just going to have to give up on your family. The only time you'll ever have a family is when you make one, when you grow up and you make one. And I did that, and then I lost that. So now what? I'm, you know, I fear I'm not really designed. I'm not one of those people who's good. You see these people who are like, sort of look like they were sort of meant to be single. They're in their 40s and 50s, and they live alone, and they're like so fucking prissy, and they have everything... I live like a hog. I clean like once a week, if that much. I'm really designed to like cohabitate. So what to do? You know, doesn't there uh, come a point where you got to decide, you know, hey, you know, uh, it's good to bail, you know, while the bailing's good before it gets really ugly? 72 small fish, because I don't want to be one of those people who, like, uh, you know, end up, you know, going off the deep end and being on medication uh, because I'm a, a, a loony and then being on, like, state aid or something and then having some relative look after me. Oh, my God. God forbid. No way. <laughs> I could never have that. And I don't really have any, you know, close friends like that, you know. So, it's just me and you. So what do you say? What should I do? 646-502-8600. To be or not to be, that's the question, whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune and to take arms against the sea of troubles. Or, uh, you know, to sleep, perchance to dream, for in that sleep of death what dreams may come. Hmm. 72 small fish were brief, briefly launched into space by researchers on Thursday, hoping that their swimming patterns would shed some light on motion sickness. German researchers sent the cichlids on a 10-minute rocket ride that blasted off from a launch pad in northern Sweden, according to Professor Reinhard Hilbig, who was in charge of the project. They were very happy. I think they want to have another flight, he said. 
That's our recording of his conversation with us earlier today. The thumbnail-sized fish were filmed as they swam around weightlessly in small aquariums during the unmanned space flight. The German team will now study the video to see if some of the fish swam in circles because that's what fish do when they experience motion sickness, according to Hilbig of the Zoological Institute of the University of Stuttgart. He said, scientists hope the experiment can help explain why some people experience motion sickness while others do not. The mechanisms involved are similar for both fish and humans. Hilbig said the fish landed safely and appeared to be in good condition. Cichlids were picked for the experiment because they're sturdy uh, fish who are deemed to have good chances to survive in the stress of the space flight, and plus they're very tasty. I tell you, personally, I've never uh, suffered from any kind of motion sickness. I'm very lucky that way. I'm deathly afraid of heights, so I love the... Um, I always uh, went, went on the fastest, tallest, you know, craziest rides um, and never, you know, had a problem with the sickness. But the heights, man, that's what blew my mind. When I was a kid, we used to get on like a bunch of us. We used to go over to Coney Island and get on the Cyclone, which was, you know, when it was built, was the tallest and fastest roller coaster in the world. One of the last standing wooden roller coasters in America. It's been pr preserved uh, all these years. And they had this deal where uh, it cost a buck to get on the ride. This is like back in the mid-70s uh, when I was a teenager. And, uh, and then you could pay a buck. It took like an hour to get on the fucking ride some nights, you know, Friday or Saturday night, especially if it was, you know, like early in the evening, like 4 or 5 o'clock. You know, everybody would go out and get a ride on the Cyclone. But if you paid a dollar, you could stay on. I mean, if you paid $2, rather, you could stay on a buck to get on, and then you'd have to go to the end of the ride if you wanted to pay the buck again. But if you gave the guy 2 bucks, you could stay and go again. So we used to go on like 20 fucking times in a row, and we used to fill up a car or two, either like the first car or two or the back car or two, and then we'd like scream like lunatics, standing up, screaming fucking bundini. I don't even know what that means. It was something from a Muhammad Ali fight, I think. But never had that uh, motion sickness, thank goodness. Woman faces several charges after police says she climbed into a ladder fire truck at a Merrimack, New Hampshire fire station and refused to get out. Police said Mark Buckley, 20, got into the fire truck after her car broke down outside the Reeds Ferry Fire Station on Wednesday afternoon, police eventually got her out, then charged her with trespassing, resisting arrest, assaulting an officer, disorderly conduct, shoplifting f from an incident earlier in the day. <laughs> she was holed up in a fire truck. You just don't see that every day. Hey, you're listening to the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio. It's uh, Saturday, February the 23rd, the year of our Lord, 2008. Hanging with the gang at the Jest Radio chat room. Why not stop by and say hi? 646-502-8600. Get on live with the old Jester. It's uh, Steely Dan on JR. Please don't fuck with that dial.
out on the prairie where the buffalo used to roam, where the Canada geese once filled the sky, and then I won't be far from home. Neil Young on Jester Radio. Steely Dan before that, home at last. And you're home at last here on Jester Radio. Uh, it's Saturday, February the 23rd, the year of our Lord, 2008. And me, moi, I, why, no one special. No big deal, nobody important. Just your old pal, your servant, your slave. The Jester, coming to you from a secret location outside your universe. I was once like you, a running dog lackey of the bourgeoisie, but unable to reconcile my contribution to entropy, I've decided to abandon your realm and take refuge outside your universe. So join me in uh, my odyssey this evening through uh, our journey looking for our way back home. It's so ironic that I find myself uh, fundamentally homeless. I have a roof, but I don't have any place to go to where they have to let me in. It's ironic because when I was very young, I had a severe phobia of being lost. Uh, I guess it's called lostophobia. I don't want to get too technical. But um, I had this terrible, terrible fear of being lost and being abandoned. Uh, that's also called abandophobia. And um, I would always worry, like, my parents were always very late picking me up wherever I was. And I would always worry, like, you know, 10 minutes, half hour, an hour would go by. And I would be thinking, okay, like, how do I I'd start, like, preparing myself for how to live on the street. You know, like, like, I would be thinking, where can I go, like, where they throw out garbage to get food and shit, you know. I'm not, I'm not even, like, kidding a little bit. Now, the shrinks, of course, since have told me that this is a result of, of growing up in a... Um, unsafe uh, family environment where I didn't trust the people had the, my best uh, interests at heart. So that put together with what Moses told me about how in the future the only family I'll ever have is the one I create for myself. It's ironic that I did actually go out and get myself one of those. I got myself a, a, a woman. She was very much like my mother. Um, so much so, she was a decade older than me, um, and she w was uh, from the same town, from the same, practically the same street my mother was from, and the same ethnic, uh, you know, uh, clan. She went to the same high school my mother went to. So, um, so I basically married my mother, and I made myself a little family, and then I found myself one day without it and roaming around free. So what to do now? So you can't just go, if it was in the old days, if it was like in the days of, uh, you know, uh, uh, Dolly, hello Dolly, what, you know, that when was that? Back in the late 1800s, uh, up in Nyack, New York? You know that where uh, you'd you'd embark on a second life. You know you'd go out and you'd you'd find yourself a wife. You'd hire somebody to go find you a wife, and you get yourself a second thing going around. But it's a lot more complicated now. You got to meet somebody. You gotta, blah, blah, blah. see that's what I'm. That's what I suck at. That's the part it all breaks down for me. Because uh, I'm not really good with people. <laughs> it's hard to believe, isn't it?
but I'm not really good with people. And like, I'm good, you know, I'm good at first and I can be really charming and everything, but then like, uh, it gets so fucking exhausting. And then, you know, like one day, you know, I'm like, I mean to say, please pass the orange juice, but instead it comes out, I despise you, you fucking bitch. Or something like that. Actually, I've gotten much better uh, at biting my tongue and not expressing uh, negative feelings and just uh, allowing myself to um, simply notice those feelings. But they're still there. <laughs> they're still there. I'm not well. Uh, I'm just not making it worse. I'm not taking one step forward and two steps back anymore. But I still have the same fucking disease. So I'm really still technically I'm not good with people. So how's that going to work out with me trying to find myself a new uh, uh, wife? See what I'm saying? 646-802-8600. gets you live on the air with the jester. What else? Oh, yes. Bob has asked me to remind you. Uh, Bob the engineer uh, has asked me to remind you that um, he's very proud of our uh, podcast, which you can subscribe to and take Just Radio uh, with. So easy to get hooked up with that. Go over to the webpage and click on podcast. Uh, you can also search inside of iTunes. Uh, Just Radio uh, is proud to be listed on iTunes. You can search for Ravings of a Clown uh, in the iTunes store. It's a free um, subscription and every morning you'll wake up with last night's show and you can copy it to your iPod or your Zune or your smartphone and take it with you and listen in the car and uh, play it for your friends so uh, check that out podcast, uh, free podcast at uh, jesterradio.com the whole show every night is available for downloading, it only takes a few minutes And uh, that's it. Thank you, Robert. Police said Charles McCowan parked his pickup uh, in front of a mini-mart on Wednesday, leaving his 80-pound boxer, Max, in the passenger seat. When he came out, the truck and Max were gone. McCowan called the police, assuming the truck had been stolen. But when officers arrived, they found the pickup across the street in a fast-food parking lot, but they had no idea how it got there. In security videos uh, shown uh, Thursday on KCL-TV, the truck can be seen rolling backwards out of the store lot and across the street, threading its way through traffic and out of view. Police said that after McCowan left the truck, Max knocked the vehicle out of gear and sent it rolling. Both Max and the truck emerged without a scratch. The fucking dog hit the gear shift. It went backwards, went across the street. All the traffic somehow avoided it. And it went into the other parking lot across the street and just rolled to a stop. And that was that. Can you imagine? It's like a fucking Buster Keaton movie. Uh, Sweden, the champion of gender uh, equality, plans to introduce unisex underwear for hospital patients in a move designed to save both money and space, the Swedish Standards Institute has developed a new style of boxer underwear that's considered equally suitable for both male and female patients. Now, call me old-fashioned, but there's different... Har- I mean, isn't there different hardware? I mean, hmm. 
Although I do know that chicks have been known to wear guys' boxer underwear, you know, like around the house, but like as shorts, not as a replacement for undies. Swedish hospitals currently have four different models of underwear. <laughs> they got different models. Two for men and two for women. Switching to one model will save money because the hospitals can buy greater quantities at a better price. And it's also an issue of space. A lot of people have complained that different types take up a lot of space because you need all the different models. They should just go with what America does, and that's what, what underwear. There's no underwear in American hospitals. Everybody walks around with the, everything hanging out, or it's BYO underwear. The new boxers are expected to receive final approval in April and be introduced by the summer. We're going to uh, see if we can uh, want to get one of our interns here to uh, get a pair. We're going to test out the unisex underwear. And we're going to see if we can get a chick to do, to test out a pair around here. Maybe Dolly will volunteer. I don't know if a chick wants to wear a boxer underwear under her clothes. Maybe a little... I don't know how that works. I don't know. Is there any problem with that? Dolly says she doesn't see why. Well, I don't know. It just seems to me like uh, women uh, don't uh, uh, do well in, uh, with all that extra stuffing. Hey, you're listening to the ravings of a clown. So you are leaving your home to join that hero of yours. But why won't you tell me where he is? It is far, Papa, terribly far. He was arrested. He is in a settlement in Siberia. Siberia? And he asked you to join him in that frozen wasteland and marry him there? No, Papa. He did not ask me to go. I want to go. What huddled baby. But, Papa, how can I hope to make you understand why I do what I do? Why I must travel to a distant land Far from the home I love Once I was happily content to be As I was where I was Close to the people who are close to me Here in the home I love Who could see that a man would come Who would change the shape of my dreams This is wanting home, wanting him Closing my heart to every hope but his Leaving the home I love There where my heart has settled long ago I must go, I must go Who could imagine I'd be wandering so Far from the home I love Yet there with my love I'm the home Well, given my regards this uh, 
Moses of yours. I always thought he was a good man. Tell him I rely on Azana to treat my daughter well. Tell him that. Papa, God alone knows when we shall see each other again. Then we will leave it in his hands. There where my heart has settled long ago, I must go, I must go. Who could imagine I'd be wandering so far from the home I love? Sing. Homeless, homeless, moonlight sleep, you wanna make night lake. Homeless, homeless, moonlight sleep, you wanna make night lake. We are homeless, we are homeless, the moonlight sleep, you wanna make night lake. We are homeless, homeless, homeless. Somebody sing, hello, hello, hello. Somebody sing, hello, hello, hello. Somebody sing, hello, hello, hello. Somebody cry, why, why, why? Somebody sing. Hit your mama, hit your mama, the sun over low. Hit your mama, hit your mama, the sun over low. 
in a friendly kind of African way. Paul Simon on Chester Radio and Homeless Broadway play uh, Fiddler on the Roof before that and the poignant, uh, breathtaking uh, scene um, from that show. If you haven't seen that show, um, just find out where it's playing or get the fucking movie, which is, you know, almost as good. Uh, it's just the most uh, uh, emotional um, thing. And then at the end, there's the scene where one of the daughters goes off to be with her husband who has been arrested and taken off to Siberia and she goes off to you know and sings this song far from the home I love and she's talking to her father who gives his blessing at the railroad station and uh, um, you know and, and, and she sets off on her life to this dangerous horrible scary life in Siberia and uh, her father is just filled with horror and dread and I remember the day that I moved out. Um, I was very young. I just turned 17, or actually it was just a couple of days before I turned 17. And I just couldn't get out of the house fast enough. Moved into a little tiny, shitty basement apartment in crappy part of town. And, um, you know, my folks weren't too choked up, but I remember my old man took me into the sports closet in the basement and rummaged around in there and came out with a blender. And I said, you know, I really, I don't know. I'm just a sort of starting out. He goes, look, he goes, I was in Guam during the war and I had shrapnel in my face and I crawled up to a village and uh, in the village, um, they, they took pity on me and they took me into a hut and they dressed my wounds and helped me, um, you know, get, get back until the battle was over and I could be re reunited with my troops. And in that hut, in that hut, they had a, a grass mat on the floor, you know, and they had like a little uh, hearth there. And, they, and in the corner, connected to an old car battery, was a blender. And I said, now, if those fucking people needed a blender in the fucking jungles of Guam, then you most certainly are going to need a blender on your journeys through life. And let me tell you, man, I used that fucking blender, too. It was a good thing. It was a nice, one of those old sturdy ones where, like, they had a glass thing that was shaped like a clover leaf. You could drop that thing off a fucking 10-story building. It wouldn't crack. It was like an inch thick. So, you know, it was a, it was a, you know, it was a, I set off on a, you know, journey and, 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 uh, to make my own life and make my own home and my family. And maybe, uh, maybe, you know, sometimes people, you know, get more than one, or maybe that wasn't my real one. Maybe I'm still on the journey and that was just a stop along the way. Maybe not, but maybe that's a nice way of looking at it so that I, you know, 
get up in the morning instead of sticking my head in the oven, which, by the way, would just make for a very long and hot night because it's not a gas oven. So who knows what uh, you know waits for me tomorrow? Maybe if I just keep kicking, uh, and you know just keep uh, playing the tunes and keep uh, you know the record collection. After all, that is the one thing that is you know the one thing that never let me down is the music. I have to say, there's never been a time, no matter what horrible things have happened to me, I've been arrested and thrown in jail. I've been. Uh, thrown out of people's lives and you know lost my house and my home and my family and my children and my wife and but i always had the fucking music always it's always a way uh to get to listen to your tunes especially in this day and age with the internet so how lucky am i that's really all i need i just keep cranking the volume up a little bit you know after all those years of listening at concert levels uh, you know, maybe the hearing has gone down a little bit, but that's okay. I just crank it up. And there it is. So maybe that's my home. Maybe my home. Uh, maybe I got uh, a different kind of home. Uh, for me, the home is uh, in the music. For me, the home is in the ether. For me, my home is with you, my listeners, who for some reason, uh, for almost 10 years, have been there listening to my um rantings and ravings and chazerai and journeys and uh, victories and triumphs and disappointments and maybe this is my home here on the air with you that's a nice thought anyway it'll keep me from the taking the pipe tonight a man says he can now retire because someone bought his massive record collection on ebay for his asking price three million dollars man i thought i had a big record collection i got about two thousand vinyl albums you know sixteen hundred or so uh, cds and uh, dvds and tapes i got you know maybe about um five hundred um singles vinyl singles listen to what this guy's got a buyer from England agreed to shell out $3,002,150 for the collection of nearly 3 million vinyl albums. You heard me. Singles and CDs owner uh, Paul Mawinney said on Thursday the winning bidder had already deposited $300,000 and a bank has confirmed that he does have enough money to buy the collection, Mawinney said. The price tag is one of the highest recorded ever by eBay according to Karen Bard, spokeswoman for the online auctioneer. A Gulfstream 2 uh, jet once sold for $4.9 bucks. She said that was the biggest. On Thursday, the 68-year-old Mawinney closed Record Rama, which opened in Ross Township near Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, back in 1968. He said he wants to spend time with his wife, his three children, and his five grandchildren. He was legally blind. He had a couple of strokes uh, a few years ago, he says. And now uh, it's time at my age to think about doing something else with my life, he said. The uh, collection includes more than one million albums, one and a half million singles, and 300,000 CDs. Uh, you could check out his collection at thegreatestmusiccollection.com. And you really should go and read about this guy's... Uh, Collect collection and how he's been collecting over the years and um, just an amazing story at how this guy uh, decided to um, 
start collecting and more than six million uh, individual songs. Uh, you know, from everything you can imagine, from Glenn Miller to, uh, you know, the Beatles, Frank Sinatra. And uh, so you should you should go check it out at the greatestmusiccollection.com. Uh, finally, this evening, authorities say a man drove a stolen car to the Anderson County Sheriff's Office to demand the return of nearly $2,000 that the officers seized from him during a drug arrest last June. He barged in and said, you know, apparently, you know, needed the money. He was probably wasted, you know, on fucking, you know, meth or something. Got himself into a frenzy, burst into the police uh, station, said, you know, you've been holding my $2,000. You know, you haven't charged me with anything. Give me my money back. Deputies said that they told Charles Chambers, 36, to leave on Tuesday afternoon. Officer noticed that he got into a car that happened to match the description of a vehicle stolen about three hours earlier. Another officer pulled the man over, told him to stop the car, uh, and that's when he noticed that he used a screwdriver in the ignition to shut it off because the vehicle's key switch had been removed. Uh, Authorities say Chambers was charged with possession of a stolen automobile driving under suspension tag violation <laughs> and he still didn't get his two grand back hey you've been listening to the ravings of a clown on Jester radio coming to you from a secret location outside your universe on behalf of Ty the receptionist Bob the engineer and yours truly uh, we'd like to thank uh, you so much especially Louie and Sid the neighbor and Espo for stopping by uh, and hanging out with us in the Jester Radio chat room. And to Poe, who uh, called in, uh, extra special thanks. Don't forget, PoeCreations.com. Uh, if you scroll down, you can click on that link there to Netflix and get a cool deal, including a couple of free weeks, um, during which time you could always cancel uh, if you don't like it. But Netflix has this new thing going on now where you can watch all the movies online. So you don't have to wait for the DVDs to come in the mail. And uh, this one particular movie that I watched um, yesterday on Netflix live on my computer uh, was Manhattan Murder Mystery, this uh, Woody Allen movie from 1993. Somehow I managed to miss this one over the years. And man, it is fucking funny. I mean, like it's like, it's like you're going to want to vomit kind of funny. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, also, uh, Bob has asked me to remind you to please stop by the Jester Radio homepage at www.jesterradio.com and click on the Donate button and show us how you really feel. Uh, the truth is that we've been doing this for over nine years and we'll probably do it another nine years whether you donate or not. But it sure does uh, help uh, towards the cause and uh, it might make you feel good, and it will keep us going. Um, so please um, click on that button and, you know, throw a few bucks into the kitty. And uh, we're just going to turn around and put it right back into the station So uh, and keep us going. And uh, we got a little Steve Forbert for you before we say goodnight. Uh, please don't fuck with that dial. We'll be right back. And uh, I see out there standing on the corner waiting for the snow. Wishing I was a little warmer. 
Stay right where you are. We'll be right back. Forward on Just Radio, that part, that guitar part, when that song came out, it was probably 1979, 1980, back where Bob Lincoln came over my apartment in Boston, we were going to go see Steve Forbert later that evening, and um, for some reason he had to split, he had to go out, uh, oh, before he went out, I played him that intro on the guitar, which I figured out off the record, which had just come out a few months earlier. And uh, he thought that was really cool, and uh, we were going to get together, and, and he was going to introduce me to Steve Forbert later that evening. And uh, so never heard from him again. And 20 years went by, and I called him up uh, out in um, Sacramento, and I said, what the fuck ever happened to you that day in uh, Boston? And he said, well, you know, you picked up the guitar and you showed me you knew that Steve Forbert part. He said, I, I didn't want to take you to the club and then introduce you to Forbert and then have you pick up the guitar and then play the, 
the uh, tune to Steve Fobert and show off to him. I was like, I was like, what? <laughs> you were afraid I was going to embarrass you in front of Steve Fobert? You fucking son of a bitch. And that was the last time I spoke to him. He used to be on the show all the time. That was about six or seven years ago. Finally fessed up why he never uh, called me back that day. Oh, well. Hey, you've been listening to the Ravings of a Clown this Saturday, February the 23rd, the year of our Lord, 2008. One night we're going to do a whole show about uh, backward Bob Lincoln. Maybe I'll get him on the phone. And uh, he'll do some of his, uh, his weirdo tricks for you. He does these uh, wacky kind of things. Um, not the least of which is talking backward and not the kind of phony backward that that guy who used to be on Johnny Carson uh, back in the 60s, Professor Backward, used to do. He used to speak like um, the way words were spelled backward. But Bob Lincoln speaks backward phonetically so that if you tape it and play it backward, it sounds like somebody talking forward. It's like truly like a satanic kind of thing to hear him do it. And he has no idea like how he does it. He didn't like practice to do it. And that's not even the least of the weird-ass skills that he's got going. He's a, uh, he's a scientific anomaly. And he's extraordinarily uh, mentally ill. You've been listening to the ravings of a clown uh, this uh, Saturday, February the 23rd, the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you so very, very much for uh, stopping by this evening. We will meet in that place where darkness never comes. That is my solemn oath to you. Until that time, Eustace, the old hometown looks the same as I step down from the train. And there to greet me is Mama and Papa. Good night. See you tomorrow. The old hometown looks the same As I step down from the train And there to meet me Is my mama and papa Down the road I look And there runs Mary Hair of gold and lips like cherries It's good to touch The green, green grass of home Yes, they'll It's good to touch the green, green grass of home. The old house is still standing, though the paint is cracked and dry. And there's that old, old tree that I used to play on. around me 
four gray walls that surround me And I realize, yes, I was only dreaming For there's a God And there's a sad old portrait On and on we'll walk at daybreak Again, I'll touch the green, green grass of home. Yes, they'll all come to see me in the shade of that old oak tree as they lay me neath the green, green grass of home. 